Well, hello everybody. This is Pastor Iris. And again, we're in the virtual studio. Do you know I'm going to be really pleased when I get on the outside in the fresh air and the sunshine? Today it's not so bad. We're down here on the coast. But I was out early in the morning to let the dog into the garden. And the amazing thing was it smelt like spring. And I thought, wow, did you know it's not very far away? And we're almost into February. After February, we're going to be in spring. But you know, the garden just felt had that warm, that strange warm sense of fragrance in it this morning. And I turned around to look around to see if any flowers had come into bloom, but they hadn't. And I thought, yeah, just acknowledging that God was in the garden, that he's sort of looking after all of us. And that's where I like to meet with the Lord is in the garden. But, you know, there was there was something that, that caught my attention. They're going to be talking in a minute to our lovely Florence Sutherland. And uh, good morning, Florence, by the way. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Reverend. Good morning, everybody. Uh, it's good to have you back on the show with us. You're looking gorgeous as usual. Thank I'm you. Excited, I, you know, of having a screen here where I can see all our our speakers and vice versa. Um, maybe we'll go into television one day. <laughs> That'd be good. That would be awesome. We were saying just before we went on the air, we, we, I just had a quick read of John 6, verse 9. And it's all about a lad. Nobody special, just a lad. And you know he's young because they, he, that's what a lad is, L-A-D. And this scripture simply says, there is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? Because those fishes, Jesus had asked for, for, for them to go and find food for the 5,000 that were there. I mean, probably more in actual fact. But this boy was anonymous. And the, the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 is recorded in all four Gospels. But, you know, it's only John who gives this anonymous lad a mention. And I rather like that, actually, because uh, John is a very, very special person throughout the Gospels. He's the one who loved Jesus the most. And I would find that very difficult because I would think everybody would be vying to be, to be loving Jesus. But we don't know who this lad was, but we do know that he was there. And it was Andrew, Peter's brother, who pointed him out with the words, there is a lad here. And John, who was probably the youngest of the disciples at the time, includes him in the story. Well, good for John. We know the story very well amongst us and a huge crowd that had followed Jesus and his disciples to the other side of the lake. When evening came, the huge crowd presented a huge need. And the huge need led to a huge challenge. And that huge challenge led to a huge miracle, which was the feeding of the 5,000. And of course, they were fed with five, only five barley loaves and two fishes. Well, I like the way that Andrew brings the lad forward. The fact was that nobody else had, had anything at all. But here comes Andrew with a lad with the five loaves and the two fishes. But, he says, maybe, with, also with a, 
a butt with a helpless shrug. What are they among so many? Well, what a picture about this huge need and challenge and miracle that was to follow. And that was possibly because a lad was there in the first place, strategically placed for God to use. We can be encouraged today by this lad who was there. The word translated lad indicates, as I said earlier, that he was young. And being a boy, he didn't have a lot, but what he did have, he gave and he gave all of it. However much or little we have, and however old we are, God can and will use us. It simply needs us to be there. We need to say right now in our hearts, I don't have much, but here I am, Lord, and you can have it. In comparison to the need, you may feel inadequate, like Moses in Exodus 3.11, or insignificant, like Gideon in Judges 6.15. But in Christ, you can be the person to provide and it takes to bring about that change that God needs done or changing. Remember, there is an, an, uh, there's no need too big for Jesus to meet. And there is no one too small for him to use to meet it. Just be there for him and he will be there for you. We will be blessed as we give him everything we've got. You know... I was, I was um, thinking on that myself, and I remember, I, well, I understand that those, that was many years ago, but you know, the thing is also that we are here, and because we are here, God can use us. Now, the significance of, of that is this, we don't always realize what God is doing at the time. But I've had a couple of instances where, for instance, we had a meeting a couple of years, three of, probably about two to three years ago, where we had over 50 people there. And I had made a dish and it went on the table um, with couscous and, and a Moroccan lamb. With one leg of lamb, it would only have fed 20 people. Florence, only it, it, you know, the dish wasn't big enough. My, my slow cooker wasn't big enough to feed 50 and plus the couscous. Do you know, we fed everybody a meal from that and there, there was stuff left over to take home. Now, to me, that was a miracle, but it's not the first time. And then I started to hear um, from India John Shiver took photographs of all these pastors, 690 of them, came back for second helpings. No, sorry, I've got to correct myself. It was 15, 14 or 1500. They were only, they'd only catered for about 800 coming. They'd invited 690, but they only catered for 800. So almost double, everybody came back for second helping. And these were huge, he had pictures of huge platefuls. And on top of that, there was still enough left over for people to take away with them. And this is God's multiplication. They weren't looking for it to happen. It just happened. Everybody got enough. And there's been instances since that as well. So God is still in the place today of providing for his people. That's what we want to share today, that the miracles of God 
and being in the right place at the right time. And, you know, Florence, what, what, do, you, what do you think about the miracles of God? In, do they have a place in today's society? Oh, of course. Um, I think maybe as Christians, we, we, need, we need to be aware and completely convinced that the, the miracles that Jesus did in the days gone by are still possible today. I know that some people believe in the dispensation and they say, we have gone past the certain dispensations. Um, but I think that if we do that, we may perhaps uh, miss out on some of the things that uh, um, God is wanting to do. Uh, you talk about the, 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 the pastors that were fed in, in India and also the, the multiplication of your lunch. I have experienced that in my life. In, uh, we, we used to go to a church in Zambia and uh, back home we have an open home. You never know who is coming and who is not coming. But because we, we had about, uh, we had two youths that lived with us, uh, including my daughter, but we also had uh, other young people that just came and they lived with us. And because we had young people in our house, after church, young people would come to our house. In, and I remember a time when my oldest daughter, who was a youth then, uh, they were cooking and uh, she came back and she said, mom, there are too many young people here. I don't think that we'll be able to feed each and every one of them. And every Sunday was the same. And I just said to her, you know what? Let's just finish cooking what there is because the young people were in the kitchen and they were cooking themselves and they liked it. And they, they looked back and the house was full and they panicked. They said, we won't be able to feed everybody. And I said, don't worry. Whatever is there, just to set it on the table and we will eat whatever we can eat. Now I use the Ebemba proverb, uh, which says that uh, food is never, is never not enough. Everyone may not eat to their full, but each person can have a morsel of what there is if they want to, to share the muscles. Because uh, so, I was trying to encourage the girls not to look at the amount of the food, uh, the amount of food, but just to look at the hospitality and the desire to share whatever there was. And then we would share that, you know, and if we didn't get full, fine, at least we would have shared. So we, we put the food on the table and things like that. Do you know? there were about close to 30 young people in that house. And we had cooked food enough maybe for 10, because we always knew we had a few that came back with us and we fed every single one of them. Yeah. They came back for, for second rounds and we had leftovers. 
Yeah. That night when we finished eating uh, in the evening, as we were getting ready, my daughter said, mom, everybody had enough to eat. Yeah. And I remember taking the opportunity and I still take the opportunity, you know, uh, and I always say to, to, to my daughters and to those that I know, I always say that God honors hospitality. When we open our homes and choose to be hospitable, right. God will always honor it. Right. And just the other day, she was she was just remembering that 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 lesson, and we, we began to talk about how the Lord honors hospitality, but also how the Lord honors generosity. Yes. In. And she said, Mom, do you remember? Do you remember you told me that um, if I was stingy, then I would live a life of luck. And you taught me that if I am generous, I will never lack. And she said, do you know, Mom, that, that has been my experience. And I think it all comes down to the fact that you taught me that when you are generous, the Lord who is generous will ensure that you do not lack. So yeah, and, and which is what this young boy did, isn't it? You know, he was generous with his lunch. You know, he didn't say to Andrew, oh, but Andrew, this is only five loaves. Mom gave it to me for my lunch. He didn't. He could have done. He was only little, and I'm sure Andrew would probably have have listened. In and I, do you know what I also think is interesting? How did Andrew know that there was a boy that had the five loaves and two fishes? Exactly, and that's what I'm saying about God places people strategically for His purpose. And I absolutely something else that came to mind just listening to you. I didn't see five fig loaves just now in, 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 in the picture in my mind. I saw what we might call rolls because it was for the boy's lunch and his fishes would have been quite small. Yes. Not great. Yes. No. Was it just, in, just a kind mum, you know, a loving mum, loving his son. He says, you're going out for the day. Here you are. Here are a few rolls. In, and a few fishes for your lunch, just enough for your lunch. Yeah. In, and talking about strategic. So if you look at this, for me, I see Andrew as one strategic person who meets another strategic person and then acts in a way that enables the Lord Jesus to execute his perfect purpose. And reach many. Absolutely. Oh and it, it, it's powerful, isn't it? When we, when, we, when we embrace the fact that wherever we are, whether you are a housewife, whether you are a maid, whether you are a garden outside, God has placed you there strategically. And if you are open 
and you are listening, the Lord will use you to strategically reach somebody and cause his kingdom to come in someone else's life. Like what happened with this boy. Because Andrew could have kept quiet, couldn't he? Yes, that's right. That's right. But he didn't. He brought the boy to Jesus and said, Jesus, there is a boy here who has something that could help us. Yeah. And I think sometimes we don't actually see what other people have that could help the greater cause of the kingdom or the greater cause of anything. And so I, I, for me, the challenge today, thank you so much for pointing that out. For me, the challenge today is, can I be an Andrew? Yes, that's a good one. Yeah, can I be an Andrew? Absolutely. Am I looking out for someone that has got something bigger than what I have? Is there someone there who is gifted in a way that I am not gifted? but will cause the kingdom of God to be advanced. An angelic encounter of the God kind. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, in this, uh, yeah. And the way that God then, it just unravels and it just rolls into something that looks so natural. And yet God has worked that to prove himself as the, the great miracle worker, the great I am. Amen. Because I doubt very much if many people would have thought about that aspect, unless they might have been told, look, this we've only got this to feed people. I mean, it's, it's, it's the miracle is in the number of people it actually fed. But I'm wondering if that number of people that were at that gathering actually realized that it was God himself and or what he started with. I wonder how many people knew that in that gathering. But whoever it was, it would have been for the disciples, I believe. So they would really believe that this is a, an almighty, all-powerful God because they doubted, according to scripture, that it was going to be enough. But they were willing yes. And I thought that was that is a connection as well. Not wow. away because you, you think they're too small. Yes, because this 80 says, but what good is that with this huge crowd? That's right. And how many, how many times, how many times have we looked at what we've got? And he said, oh, what good is this? Even with the people, you know, maybe people in our congregations, people in our ministries, even if children in our own families. Mm. How many times have we looked at an individual and thought, oh, what good is he? You know, because of the challenge ahead of us. I think the Lord is challenging us to actually value everyone and everything that has been put in our in our lives because he can take it. He can take it and use it Absolutely. to his own glory. But I also noticed from this scripture that Jesus had the disciples to sit everybody down. I mean, 
5,000 people, how do you control somebody, all those people, on a hillside, if it's bad enough, in an arena with loudspeakers? <laughs> and I think that is amazing, just with a handful of, of, of you know, disciples. But then Jesus did something, didn't he? People would have seen this. He took the loaves in verse 11, took the barley loaves and the fish, and he gave thanks to God. God is the one who multiplies. He then gave Amen. it to the disciples to distribute. And miraculously, it was multiplied. In the giving came the sanctification and the and, and honoring God as well. Sometimes I think we we've I know sometimes I feel inadequate and I say, Lord, this is all I can do. And I start work and I think, especially with the Joshua generation, and I'm thinking, what what do I do next? So I'm saying to Lord, well, you taught me how to do this. That's all I can start with. And you know, as I begin, it starts, everything starts to flow on what I should be saying or what I should be writing. And I thought, God, you are amazing. You are amazing. It's like our sessions, Florence. <laughs> yes, I do. But isn't that the way God is? Because we are looking at the five loaves and the feeding of the 5,000. That is massive. That is massive. And I like the way you summarize it. And, you know, the way it's almost like a process, isn't it? Yeah. The, the, the process of discovering the boy with the five loaves of bread, the five loaves of bread and the two fishes. That's right. And it's the bringing of the little that they have to Jesus. And then the, the taking of the little that they had and offering it back to God by giving thanks. This is Jesus. He gives thanks to God for what he has. He doesn't say, God, look at how small this food is. He, he gives thanks for five loaves and two fishes. That's right. And anticipating to feed 5,000. That's right. It's like, so the, the, isn't it? It, it, it is. Widow was going, her son will die after one more meal. And yet, look what she was left over with. Absolutely. You know, and, but then they get fed. After getting fed, this is where there were 12 baskets that were collected, wasn't it? Yeah. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers. Hallelujah. Gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with the scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. There is a process here. A bucket, yes. And there was 12, one for each disciple. Yes. Wow. But they didn't, yes. they, they took it home and fed others. And I bet they remembered yeah. that there was a time when they had said, what good is this little lunch? That's right. 
in and it was almost like the lord reminding them to be thankful for whatever little they have because it reminds me of the of the widow you know we, with elisha is it in first kings 4 where where elisha said to the widow go and make some bread and bring me a little bread and a little water and the woman said ah I'm just about to go and make my last meal and die. Yeah. You know, but she chose to obey. And because she obeyed, they were fed throughout all the 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 the, the all the years of famine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But you know what I was saying about all those people on the hillside, all sat. Yes. How they how so many actually saw what he you know what he was actually doing and what he started with because yeah. in verse 14 it says all the people were astounded as they saw with their own eyes incredible miracles that jesus had performed wow he began to say amongst themselves he really is the one the true prophet that we've been expecting mm. jesus knowing that they were about to take him and make him their king by force quickly left and went up the mountainside and left. you don't take the glory for what god is doing either no you know? no no people well. it's a natural progression where people will look to the person right even though they know god has done this than than the other way around but i suppose in jesus's time that must have been really difficult because jesus was special and as soon as people realized that he really was the one that they've been waiting for they yeah. with him and that's about as far as our foresight goes isn't it in a, in a lot of generations yeah you don't see it is that. Uh, uh, yeah and i think maybe maybe that's what we need to be aware of and begin to ask that we may constantly see what god is doing around us and uh, give him the glory um as it is uh, due to him that's right that's right but one thing is definite god is able and he continues to show his people even today we have stories of people just going and leaving bags of food on you know in places there was a, a children's home in the uk and I, i've got a feeling it was spurgeons but it, it, it was way back generations back and yeah around this pastor would sit around the table with all these children with empty bowls and cups and they would pray and they, they didn't have a meal that day and yet and the knock would come at the door and they'd go and find a basket of food outside okay so it, it it, God works, and, and, and that's that's we just have to have that faith and that trust. Oh. And it's such an interesting thing, isn't it, that um, we are living in a time when we may have to begin to trust God to sustain us even much more than we have ever done. People are losing work. People are losing loved ones. People are confused. They don't know where to go. They don't know where to turn to. That's 
right. you know, just right. like these disciples were saying, what do we, what do we do? What, how do we, how do we feed these people? Right. You know, and this is the time when we need to go back and see what God has done in the, in the, in the Bible and begin to trust him. Just say, you said the same God, you're the same God. You fed the 5,000, please Lord feed me too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and we won't go hungry because that's what he has said. He won't see his seed begging bread. Absolutely, absolutely. And our faith is going to be challenged, isn't it? Oh, that's right, that's right. You know, we're at the end of our session already. Oh no. I was just going to share about the widow of Zerapeth in First Kings 17. Do that, do that. We'll take a little more time. Ah, all right. Let, let me see if I can find First Kings, because I think that is that that would be quite a good a good um passage to support what we are saying. I'm looking for First Kings. Um and it's another story, another amazing story of provision. You know, with all these fellows that people are experiencing, I think it's really important for us to remember that Jehovah Jireh is yeah. our God. Absolutely. And, uh, then, you know, from First Kings chapter 17, and I'm reading from... Uh, verse 8 the whole chapter is amazing because from 1 to 7 is when Elijah is being fed by the ravens you know they bring him meat in the in the morning and they bring him bread and I'm thinking wow Lord you are a God of provision is in in verse 1 then Elijah who was from Tishbe in Gilead told King Ahab as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Then the Lord said to Elijah, go to the east and hide at the, by the Kerith brook near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you. For I have commanded them to bring you food. So Elijah did as the Lord told him and he camped there beside the Kerith Brook, east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening and he drank from the brook. But after a while, the brook dried up for there was no rain for anywhere in the land. You know, then the Lord said to Elijah, go and live in the village of Zerapeth near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went to Zerapeth. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks. And he asked her, would you please bring me a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called it to her and said, hey, bring me a bite of bread too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. I have only a handful of flour left 
in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal and then my son and I will die. But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you have said, but make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, there will always be flour and olive left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. Wow, a long time. <laughs> a long time. You, we, we're talking, sorry. I was gonna say, did you realize what you just read? And it's just struck me that your God, it wasn't her God. The no. God again has proven himself to this woman isn't that amazing and that's why God performs miracles so that people can see that he is God amen yeah absolutely amen amen and uh, what 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 is so uh, interesting for me there and the link between the 5,000 and this widow is just the, the way God provides and how he provides you know and he provides it through others he provided uh, elijah with the food through the ravens and when that when the brook dried the lord set up a widow to provide for him in the book of john the one we have just read he provided through a little boy and in this time of COVID, I think we need to be alert and just keep listening to God. Could he be wanting to use me to provide for someone? Or maybe the, 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 the shoe is on the other foot and they're thinking, God, is there someone you have prepared to provide for me? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, that's very true. There's a saying in, you know, a, a lot of, they, they call it positive thinking when, you know, in the sales world. I've been in sales and marketing most of my life, even though I work for myself. But there mm. is a saying that, um, uh, what was it? You know, it's just gone right off the tip of my tongue, but it just reminds me. What did you last say there? Uh, that's it being aware and putting ourselves in positions where we we ask am i the one that god has yes. uh, set to provide or has god appointed someone to yes. provide for me because through all these provisions he used the people that's right. apart from the ravens that's, that's what triggered this because mm. In, in the sales field, when people are at work, we think that we have to go out there and do it all ourselves. This is where God can really get into the sales field and help mm. us. Because it's taught that you, you, the person you need for your business is only three people away. Because you uh -huh. can find somebody up who knows somebody else 
who knows somebody else, who knows all of the people that you're ever going to need in your network marketing business. And that's uh -huh. the way it is taught. But it's the word of God. So good network marketing leaders know their Bible because a lot of this comes from America. And they use that in their speeches. They don't say chapter and verse. But if you're a Christian, you recognize it. And that is God's way of networking you with people all around the world as well. Wow. Wow. So wow. There is always somebody there that God is going to use to get you your answer. So God is a networker. Yes. The best networker there is. And he will network to ensure that you are provided. Uh, it reminds me of my testimony. Honestly, you're so right. The Lord is a great networker and he will network. He uses the network to glorify himself. That's right. All the way through his provision. Because that somebody's need by giving them an income or whatever way round you look at it, we will never know everybody's challenges. Uh, you know, to, to, to get to his purpose. But they've got to leave uh -huh. this morning, but I know that you're going to be back. I know that you are. We will carry on, everybody. This gets so exciting when Florence is here. Uh -huh. We just don't want to stop, really. Not once we get going. <laughs> so we'll say bye-bye to everybody for now. And we bye -bye. will see you soon. Or hear, you will hear from us soon. Bye-bye, everybody. God bless.